What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler, and back with me today for our Week 10 Picks of the Week show is my coach, Charlie. And guys, I'm not going to beat around the bush here. After a collectively great week last week, I mean, I went 9-1 and and 7-3 and against the spread last week, while Charlie went 8-2 and straight up and 6-4 and against the spread. Great week last week, but it was a bloodbath this past week. Charlie went, to her credit, she went at least 6-4 and straight up, but she went 3-7 and against the spread. I went a very ugly 5-5 five and five straight up in 3-7 and seven against the spread. That hurts me to say, it really does. Definitely my worst week of the year after what was my best week of the year the previous week, but that's college football for you. And so we definitely have a few picks to own from last week. I'll start with myself. I went on a limb trying to be a contrarian. And with my upset special of the week, picked Michigan State to beat Penn State at home. Coming off the bye weekend, yeah, that did not happen. That pick was really more about me not buying into Penn State and not liking the spot for them after coming off two big games. But I just completely, honestly, my bad. I completely underestimated just how bad Michigan State is on offense right now. And Penn State was not good in that game, at least offensively. They only managed 302 total yards, and that's exactly why I don't trust them. But Michigan State is just not good, not good at all right now. So that one didn't pay off for me. And then Charlie and I both took flyers on Arkansas to cover a big 32-point spread against Alabama with Tua out, but that's obviously another one that didn't even come close to hitting. The other ones we lost were more understandable with Missouri losing at Kentucky in a downpour after Kelly Bryant went out with an injury early in that one. I was actually watching that game when the injury happened. He, he was running out of bounds, pulls up lame, clutching his hamstring, going out of bounds. And uh, at that very exact point, I said, oh, well, that's going to be a loss for me because they are not going to win without Kelly Bryant. And that's exactly what ended up happening in there. And then everyone got Oklahoma wrong. We all had Oklahoma over Kansas State, and uh, I'm okay with getting that one wrong. That was that was a lot of fun to watch. Really glad to see Kansas State get that win over Oklahoma. So at this point through nine weeks, Charlie is at 60 and 34 straight up and 45 and 49 against the spread. Our guest host Alex last week did a great job. He actually had the best week out of all of us, so big props to him as he went 6 and 4 straight up and 4 and 6 against the spread to bring our guest host totals to 66 and 28 straight up and 49 and 45 against the spread. I again had my worst week of the season going 5 and 5 straight up and 3 and 7 against the spread. Truly embarrassing stuff. That brings my season total to 64 and 30 straight up and 52 and 42 against the spread. So last week, I lost ground by one game in the straight-up picks with our guest host now up by two games there. And I've got to stop with these upset specials. That's just not really paying off for me right now. Trying to get a little too fancy for my own good. So hurt myself there. And I also lost a game in the against the spread totals. And now my against the spread lead is now only a three-game lead on Charlie and our guest host. So nowhere to go but up this week. And joining us today to get us back on track is a guy that's been with us for a long time time now. He's been a long-time listener. We always really enjoy his thoughts on social media. He always brings it there. So we are very excited to welcome in Drill Dog, a.k.a. Mr. Benjamin Watts. Ben, how are you doing today, my man? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We are doing, doing very well. well. Thank you. Very well, my friend. So like all of our guest hosts here, we know you're a big Georgia guy. That's why you're listening to this show. But uh, you're also in the military. Is that right? Is that where the Drill Dog name comes from? Yes, um, I'm on drill sergeant duty. I'm a radiology technician in the Army, but I uh, just recently moved to uh, Fort Sam Houston to do drill sergeant duty. So. That's great. How long have you been doing that? 
uh, two months, but it's three years total. So I'll be here for three years. That's awesome, man. Well, uh, we have a lot. We have a lot of listeners in the military. So thank you for your service, my man. Absolutely. And thank you to everyone out there who serves us. Uh, we, we cannot thank you guys enough for that. Thank no you. doubt there. But, so you ready to go ahead and get into this, my man? Oh, I'm ready. Let's do this. He's ready. All right, Charlie, what do you got for us? All right. The pickings were slim this week with nine of the AP top 25 teams in the country on a bye this week. So there are some games that made the list today that probably would not have in most weeks. And as we always do, we're going to run through the SEC slate first and then select national games after that. And up first is the ESPN primetime game between Ole Miss and Auburn. Coming off the close loss to LSU, the Tigers are the 19-point home favorite in this one. So I'm going to go with Auburn to win, but Ole Miss to cover. Benjamin, what's your pick? Yeah, so I went with uh, Auburn to win and cover. Uh, top two running offenses in the SEC. He finally had that minor uh, procedure on his knee or whatever. But um, Matt Corral's been playing good as well. But so, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go with Auburn because the the defense, that defensive line is going to stop that running game, so I'm going with Auburn. All right. Tyler? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm definitely here with you, my man. Uh, Ole Miss, like, they're, they're playing a lot better. They're actually better than I thought they would be coming into the year, but they still cannot throw the football consistently. They've become a very run-oriented mm-hmm. offense under Rich Rodriguez here over the past couple of weeks, and I'm gonna, I have to give Rich Rod credit. He's kind of figured out that's what this team does well. They've inserted John Rice Plumley in the starting lineup. Uh, he's kind of rotating a little bit with Matt Corral now. But uh, that, that team has, has certainly become run-oriented, and they're actually having a lot more success offensively than were early in the year. I mean, that game is, against Memphis in week one was just a disaster for them. They, should, they probably should have lost that game, although Memphis is having a good, solid year. But uh, they just they could not move the, the football at all. They, were just, they, they completely revamped what they do offensively. But the thing is, as been mentioned there, that Auburn front seven, they're top 20 nationally in rush defense. So if that's what Ole Miss does, and that's all they do effectively right now, that's a really tough matchup with that Auburn front seven at night in Jordan Hare. I really like the toughness that Plumlee plays with, but they're doing that weird two-system quarterback thing where they bring in Plumlee to run, and then they bring in Corral to throw almost exclusively. It's too predictable. I know that everyone gets frustrated with us being predictable offensively, and we are. Don't get me wrong, we are. But Ole Miss, I would I would posit, is actually more predictable than we are right this second. So when you're that predictable against a good Auburn defense, that's a recipe for getting beat. Uh, the Ole Miss defense, they're, they're actually a little better this year. They're 80th nationally. I guess that's it's all relative, right, Charlie? Yes. If, you, if you say 80th nationally is better, that's all relative. Getting up a little over 400 yards a game. But they still aren't really that good when you watch them play. And Bo Nix, like this guy's been up and down. The Auburn fans are really frustrated with him right now. But uh, he has been good against bad defenses. And I, I would probably categorize Ole Miss's defense still as a bad defense. An improving defense, but not a very good defense. So, I'm with you guys. I, well, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to say Auburn to win. And I don't know how much success Ole Miss is going to have offensively because I do think it's a bad matchup with an Auburn rush defense. But you know what? Ole Miss is coming off a bye week. They are playing better. I'm not I'm still not sold in this Auburn offense. They're up and down. So Auburn to win, but I'm going to take a flyer on Ole Miss. Give me the Rebs to cover. All right. It's a big number. A lot of you are going to wonder how this next game made it on our list, but again, slim pickings. And this could be a tricky spot for Tennessee as they are playing host to the 6-1 UAB team. The Vols are favored by 11.5, but UAB has been a very solid program since coming back from the dead just a few years ago. I am going to go with Tennessee to win and cover. Benjamin, what's your pick? 
Um, I picked the same as you, Charlie. I, I picked Tennessee to win and cover. I looked up. I haven't seen UAB play this year, but I saw their their quarterback has 10 interceptions, and uh, Tennessee has some good DBs, even though the team as a whole doesn't play that well. So Tennessee to win and cover. All right, Tyler? Yeah, I, I'm with you guys here. We're going to make this a clean sweep. UAB, yeah, Charlie, you're right. They're 6-1. and one, But if you look at their schedule, they have not beaten anybody. And I know you hear that about different teams, but – Guys, they haven't even played one single Power 5 team, not one. This will be their first game with a Power 5 team. The best team they've beaten this year is probably Old Dominion, maybe. Lost to Western Kentucky. That's their one loss. In this game, and Tennessee's nothing great. Look, I would love nothing more. I think a lot of us are on the same page here. Like, it'd be really great to point and laugh at Tennessee again. That'd be a lot of fun. But I just, if I'm picking here, I, I don't know if I can pick that right now. Uh, it's in Knoxville. It's at night against what, what really is an improving Tennessee team. They had a chance before Guarantano a couple weeks ago against Alabama, just lost his mind and went rogue. They were about to pull within one – they were a couple inches from pulling within one score in the fourth, halfway through the fourth quarter against Alabama in Tuscaloosa. This is not a great Tennessee team by any stretch of the imagination, but they are an improving Tennessee team that, that still mathematically has a shot at a bowl game. I think a bowl game is a very realistic possibility for them after that win against South Carolina last week. It sounds like they're going to be a little healthier, get uh, quarterback Brian Maurer back from that concussion. That's a positive for them because Guarantano, they just don't trust the guy right now. Uh, and they've actually given up. Their defense is improving. Uh, ben re- referenced that. They've given up less than 400 yards each of the last three SEC games, not just regular games, talking about SEC opponents, under 400 yards. Um, so I'm going to take the Vols to win. You know what, guys? I, I considered UAB, but I'm going to take Tennessee to win and cover this one as well. Okay. Our next game features two SEC teams that are very that very likely are not going bowling this year as Vanderbilt travels to Columbia to take on South Carolina. Vandy is definitely not going bowling, and with five losses on the year and games at at A&M and against Clemson still ahead of them, Carolina is staring down a bowless season as well. The Gamecocks are favored by 15 at home, but Vandy is coming off a bye week after their big win over a ranked Missouri team a few weeks ago. And since they did have the bye week, I'm going to go with South Carolina to win, but I am choosing Vandy to cover. Benjamin, what's your pick? Same thing. Uh, South Carolina to win, Vandy to cover. I think it's going to be a start uh, start off slow, but uh, I think Helensky will have a big game. But uh, Vanderbilt's defense makes a difference, so it's going to be a closer game than uh, expected. All right. Tyler, make your pick. What did Derek Mason say after that one against Missouri? Commodores anchored down! Something like that. It was, it was awesome to watch, but I love Derek Mason. I really do. It's a great dude. Uh, I really want to be with you guys on Vandy covering here. I really, really do. Because I love Derek Mason. I'm afraid he's going to lose his job. I don't want that to happen. Um, it'd be great if he wound up here somehow, but he's probably too, he's probably too good for that uh, at this point. We already have an even coordinator. But uh, I, I just think South Carolina is the better team. That loss against Tennessee is inexplicable. That should, I mean, losing by three touchdowns to Tennessee, that I just that shouldn't have happened, especially when their starting quarterback was out. That that's that's a tough loss, and that that basically ruined almost any chance they have to get into a bowl game. But I did. I've told you guys. Going back to like week two or three, I'm never picking Vandy again the rest of this season. I'm sticking to my guns, even though they totally screwed me last time out against Missouri. Um, that cost me uh, more than just a pick here. That wasn't fun. Uh, but I, like I said, South Carolina, they, they lost their – they saw their bowl bubble essentially get burst last week. They still like, – they mathematically have a chance. They're sitting there with five losses. But a, a loss here all but does them in as it would be their sixth loss. And they still have Clemson on their schedule. They have to go to A&M, which – 
They'll probably lose to AM, but they could maybe find a way to win that game. But a loss here, I don't see any way they beat Clemson, and that, that would probably do them in. It might even do Will Muschamp in, despite what happened here in Athens a couple weeks back. Uh, I will say, I, I've been to Williams Bryce plenty of times to tell you guys it is a tough environment, especially at night to get those towels whipping around, to get Sandstorm playing. I don't know how packed it's going to be with Vanderbilt in town, but uh, they, they do support the team, so I'll give them that. So I'm, I'm definitely taking the Gamecocks to win. I really hate that extra point. If it was 14, I would feel a lot better. 15 gives me a little bit of pause. But I just – you're right, Ben, in saying that the Vanderbilt defense is is definitely improving. They're getting better. That's what Derek Mason does well. But offensively, like they brought in a new quarterback uh, against uh, against Missouri a couple, couple weeks ago, and that's essentially what got them that win, Mo Hassan. And he was a transfer guy. Missouri didn't see that coming. But now South Carolina has had a chance to prep for that. So I'm going to go with South Carolina to win and also cover the 15 very hesitantly so. But I'm going to go with the cover. And before we get to our next game, I do want to remind you guys about Vivid Seats. I know it's a little late to get tickets for the cocktail party, but we still have plenty of other big games coming up the rest of the way. Missouri is coming to town next Saturday night. There's going to be a lot of fun in Athens with a night game. we got to go to Auburn in a couple weeks. That'll probably be a 3-3 game. We don't know for sure, but it looks like, it. especially if we're able to win on Saturday, we'll see. But there's a good shot. That'll be a 3-30 game, so you have a chance to drive up there that morning and come back that night. And Vivid Seats is the place to go to get tickets for any and all of our remaining games. It's a very easy process. Got a great selection, great price. They also are offering a new Vivid Seats rewards program that allows fans to earn credits back. All you have to do is go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app today and fans will be automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats rewards loyalty program. And when it is time to buy, new users just use the promo code overtime at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. All right. Our next game is kind of, well, just blah. Mississippi State is traveling to Fayetteville as the seven-and-a-half-point favorite. This is another game between two SEC teams that are in serious danger of not going bowling as they have five and six losses, respectively, and are a combined one and nine against SEC competition. That looks really bad when you see it. Like I, I think yeah. like Vanderbilt it is terrible. Like Vanderbilt is probably like those, those are the three worst teams: Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, Arkansas. And it depends on how they finish the season and see who's going to finish in the, in the cellar. But those are three contenders for yeah. for the bottom of the competing SEC. For the, yeah. Competing for the last spot, the toilet bowl. I am going to go with uh, Mississippi State to win and cover. Benjamin, what's your pick? Again, I'm right there with you, Charlie. I got Mississippi State winning and covering. I don't know how Arkansas has beat anybody this year. I watched like one game and they looked horrible. Uh, Starkey throws way too many interceptions, and both teams are coming off like losing streaks. So I got Mississippi State winning and covering on this. All right, Tyler, make your pick. Yeah, these are two, these are two bad football teams. You guys are right. I, I'll say like they're both bad. But I think Mississippi State is at least closer to being decent. Like, they've had some moments where, like, oh, yeah, that's a pretty decent football team. Arkansas, that's been few and far between. They looked pretty good against AM a couple weeks back in Jerry World, but, like, that's that's about it. They, they followed that up with a with a dud against against uh, Kentucky on the road. And last week was just a disaster for them, I mean, as it probably should have been uh, against Alabama and Tuscaloosa. But they just – God, that was that was bad. That was very bad to watch. Uh, and they actually offensively, they're a disaster right now. They haven't broken 305 yards in a month offensively. The quarterback situation, whether it's Starkle, Hicks, they had a couple other guys come in last week. It's who knows? It's a round robin back there. It's a merry-go-round. I don't know what they're doing. Whatever they do doesn't work offensively. And Mississippi State is—they've had their own issues offensively. They're 
they got a true freshman or a, a freshman quarterback, but defensively they still have some players. They're not as good as they were last year, but they're still good enough. And that's better than what anything you can say about Arkansas right now. I don't like the hook here. The seven and a half gives me a little pause, but I, I do like Mississippi State to win. Uh, yeah, give me the Bizarro Dogs to cover as well. Okay. Moving into our national picks, we have the Michigan Wolverines fresh off their first top 10 victory under Jim Harbaugh, traveling to College Park to face a struggling Maryland team. Coach Khaki Pants and his Wolverine team are favored by three touchdowns on the road. And I originally had Michigan to win and cover, but I'm going to go with Michigan to win and Maryland to cover this time. Benjamin, what's your pick? Uh, we keep having the same picks. I got Michigan winning and not covering. Um, it's like these teams are mirror images of each other. Maryland started off hot, and Michigan started off like blah, but now Michigan looks like a completely different team, and Maryland can't get anything going. So I got Michigan winning on this one um, and not covering. Okay, Tyler, make your pick. Yeah, you're exactly right, Ben. I had the same thing in my notes here. After starting the season as one of the hottest teams in America with a couple of blowout victories, including one against the Syracuse team that people were really high on coming into the year, which they're not actually that good. They've had a really tough year, so maybe that doesn't look as good now. But the Terps have now lost five of six, and they've lost those five games by an average of 33 points. They're getting murdered. But the letdown factor for Michigan, I think it's a real thing here coming off that Notre Dame game. And also, that remember, they played Penn State coming into the Notre Dame game. So that's two big games in a row. You come in to, uh, to Maryland, to College Station – or not College Station, College Park. And Maryland, like, I just – I don't know. Like, Michigan, this is a tough spot for them. They, they are coming – I think it's a real letdown factor of those two big games. And they haven't come – like, they beat the crap out of, of Notre Dame. But they haven't come close to doing that to anyone else – their defense is legit. I think their defense is improving week by week. But their offense, I, I know they look better-ish in that reign against Notre Dame, but I still don't really believe in Shea Patterson at quarterback. That defense is going to make it hard on Maryland, though. I definitely like Michigan to win. That, that's no question here. I, I've ha- I've gone back and forth on the cover. You know what? I'm going to take Maryland to actually cover this at home. I just don't know if Michigan is going to score. Enough. If Maryland helps them out and turns the ball, which is certainly possible, and Michigan has a couple defensive scores, special team scores, sure, maybe. But I just – I don't know if the Michigan offense is good enough to, to cover the 21 here. Okay. Next up, we have a surging Virginia Tech team heading to South Bend as a 17-point road dog against Notre Dame. Virginia Tech has won three in a row while Notre Dame no-showed last week at Michigan. Um, I'm going to go with Notre Dame to win, but I think Virginia Tech is going to be able to cover this week. Benjamin, what's your pick? I have the same thing. I got um, even though Notre Dame's coming off that loss, I think they're going to recover. Ian Book um, kind of got the blame for that game, but I think they're going to win this one. The Virginia Tech is surging, but Notre Dame's at home, and I don't think they, Notre Dame wants another a loss on the season. So I got them winning, but not covering on this one. All right, Tyler. Okay, this one. Okay, I, I'm gonna say first off, I think Notre Dame is going to win this football game. But Virginia Tech has gotten better. Early in the year, I thought that Justin Fuente was in serious danger of getting fired at the conclusion of this season. But he has turned it around. He made a change at quarterback. They got Hendon Hooker in there at quarterback. What a great name. Love it. And he's more of a dual threat guy, which is what Justin Fuente has kind of always had to operate with, at least when his offenses have worked at their optimum level. He's had a, a mobile quarterback. And that's what Hooker gives him. He's not a great passer, but he, he at least opens up more of the playbook for them. But defensively, Virginia Tech is still very bad. And that's, it's tough to see Bud Foster go out like that. This is his final season. He announced that before the year. In the past couple of years, they've just been bad on defense. And that and that's not 
what Bud Foster has been about his entire career. Notre Dame's come off that tough loss uh, in Ann Arbor to Michigan, and that it's hard to judge them in that game because, like, the, yeah, their offense was terrible in that game. Michigan defense is really good, but I mean, if you guys watched that game, and there were it was raining sheet, it was sheets of rain. It, it was terrible. Uh, so I don't, and the first, especially in the first half, second half it was fine, but the first half it, it was awful weather, and uh, it was all but lost there for Notre Dame in that first half. They're better than that. I think they definitely come out and they come ready to play. They're going to win this game. 17 is a big number, though. Virginia Tech is improving. Ah, I want to go contrarian here. I really do. But my gut's telling me that Notre Dame coming off that loss in Michigan is going to want to make a point here. And I think they are definitely the more talented team. Their defense is good enough to hold Virginia Tech in check. They're kind of one-dimensional right now. The Hokies are. So I uh, I don't want to have the same pick as you guys, but I'm going to go with the Irish to cover as well. Okay. It's a shame this next game has fallen to the depths that it has. I'm no fan of either team, but one of the things that makes college football so great are the hate-filled rivalries. And Miami and Florida State, for a while, was one of the best, most intense, most important rivalries in college football. But not so much anymore, as both programs have fallen on hard times. The Knowles have struggled this year, currently sitting at 4-4 four and four overall, but they are favored by three and a hook at home over the Canes. They might be favored, but I'm going to go with Miami to win this one. Benjamin, what's your pick? I got Florida State winning this one. It's a home game. The crowd's going to be crazy. The game's going to be crazy. Even though both teams aren't doing that well, I still think the fans are going to show up. And black men acres are the, the difference in the game. So I think they show up for this one. All right, Tyler? Yeah, I'm with you, Ben. Charlie, you're going to be wrong on this one. No, I'm just kidding. You're probably going to get this right. But I'm with Ben here. Uh, the Miami defense is really, really good. When you watch them play, and it's been tough to watch Miami play because the offensive has been so bad. It's been a couple years in a row now for Miami. It's been the same story. Good defense, bad offense. Same thing this year. Top 15 level defense, but that offense is a train wreck. And who knows what's going on at quarterback right now. Obviously, Jaron Williams started the year. Uh, he was a redshirt freshman, still is a redshirt freshman. Loses, loses the job to Nicozy Perry. Williams comes back in and saves the day. Game-winning touchdown on the road against Pitt late in that game in Pittsburgh. But it looks like Jerry Williams is now, like, suspended potentially this week is what it sounds like, and it's nothing to do on the field. It's something that happened off the field. So it's like he's not going to be available. So now Cozy Perry's going to be back in the lineup as a starting quarterback more than likely. Who knows what's going on at quarterback for Miami. And, and Florida State's had their struggles. Don't get me wrong. But I still think that Florida State is a talented football team. It's really weird to watch Florida State play because you look at them, you're like, wow, there's a player, there's a player, there's another player. But it, they just can't put it all together. They play really undisciplined. It's it's really tough to kind of put your finger on exactly what happens on what's going on there. I really like Kendall Bryles as an offensive coordinator, and they and they've been good ish on offense. They finally figured out that Cam Akers is the probably the best player on their team, and now they're feeding him the football. I watched a game against Wake Forest a couple of weeks ago, and Forest State should have won that game. They really should have. Uh, and Cam Akers just went off, but they end up losing late in that game. And if they give it the ball to Cam Akers, they got Scary Terry out there at wide receiver. And quarterback, they kind of had a, a musical chairs too. They, you know, there was Blackman, it's Hornybrook. Who knows what's going to go on there? Hornybrook played most of the game last week uh, against Syracuse. So I, I don't know. This is one that's just tough. It's a rivalry game. Who knows? But it's at Florida State. I think Cam Akers is the best player. Florida State is, I think, a little bit more competent offensively right now. Not by much. They're not very competent offensively. But I think they're better than Miami there. Miami does have the better defense. But I just don't see how Miami can do anything against Florida State. Um on the road. So I'm going to go with Florida State to win and cover the three and a half. 
And before we move on to our next game, we do want to remind you guys that this episode of the Glory UGA podcast is brought to you by our friends at mybookie.ag. I know we didn't do a great job of giving you guys winners last week. The week before, we had you guys covered. But if you're feeling good about a couple games, you want to put some money down, mybookie.ag is the place to go. They have the most competitive lines. They have a bunch of different options for you guys out there. Obviously, they have to get picked straight up on the money line against the spread. They've got parlays. They also have prop bets for pretty much every single game. They've got college football, NFL, PGA, NASCAR, any kind of sport, any kind of bet that you're trying to put down they've got you guys covered. And right now is the time to get in on the action. It's the best time to get on the action. All you have to do is sign up at mybookie.ag, use the promo code OVERTIME, and guys, they're going to match your first deposit 100%. Again, promo code OVERTIME, and new users get their first deposit doubled. Mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Moving out west for a couple of games, Oregon is playing USC in the Coliseum in a game with both national and Pac-12 title implications. Oregon is coming off of a sweep of the Washington schools, although they escaped against Wazoo by the skin of their teeth, and USC has been sneaky good at times this year. The odds makers are giving USC a lot of respect in this one, as the seventh-ranked Ducks are only favored by four and a half over an unranked USC team. And, man, that was a great game last week for Oregon. That was a, a I Washington they, State. I really yeah. didn't want Oregon to win. No, I didn't. Well, for a couple of reasons. I, I, love, my, I love watching Mike Leach's offense, and he's, he's a character. Uh, and I really want Oregon to lose again because that completely knocks them out of yes, playoff contention. But yes. it didn't quite happen. Yep. It was close. It was close. Heartbreaking loss. But I'm going to go with Oregon to win and cover this one. Benjamin, what's your pick? I also have Oregon winning. Um, they're both coming off wins. It's going to be a close game because it's a – it's a USC home game, but I got Oregon winning and covering on this one. All right, Tyler. Man, guys, I really, really, really want to pull the upset trigger here. Like, I, I like to go with an upset special every week. And last week, it did not pay off for me at all with that Michigan State pick. That was terrible. And I, I'm so I'm kind of gun shy right now because I want to catch up on the, in the straight up pick. So I don't want to lose one here taking a flyer. But Oregon, you know, coming off a couple of big games here, they just swept the Washington schools. Uh, you know, that was a close game against Washington on the road. Wazoo is a very close game. So they've kind of been getting by on the skin of their teeth. You know, for a couple of weeks coming into that game, they only gave like one touchdown since that first week uh, against Auburn. But now they've given up quite a few points two weeks in a row against the Washington schools. Oregon is really good. They are a good football team. Defensively, they're a lot better than they have been in the past, and that's the difference for them. Uh, C.J. Verdell went wild on Washington State last week. I don't think that's going to happen against USC. USC is banged up a little bit defensively. But I, I, it's, it's really more in the secondary for USC and Justin Herbert. Like, you when you look at the guy, you see the tools. He looks the part, but he and he's not a bad quarterback. He doesn't do anything terrible, but he doesn't do anything particularly like to wow you. You just don't see that from him. So I, I just don't know how I feel about him all on the road in this situation. USC they can score and they're going to score points. I, I'm telling you, like Keaton Slovis, that guy is going to be really good quarterback. He's really good right now. They got three really good receivers at USC in Vaughn's, uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and then um, who's the other guy? Uh, Michael Pittman, Michael Pittman Jr. Those guys are good. And they, they've had some injuries at running back. They got enough guys there. I really like what Slovis is doing. I know Oregon's defense has been much better. Man, this is a tough one. I just, I don't know. Like, Oregon, mm, you know what? I'm going to take. Gosh, I totally see what the odds makers are looking at here because I watched USC play the past couple of weeks. They had to come back and beat Colorado on a Friday night last week. But 
I'm not okay. I'm not going to pull the trigger on this. I'm going to go with you guys. I'm going to go Oregon to win and cover the four and a half. But man, I think USC's got a shot. Okay. In another Pac-12 game with both conference and national implications, Utah is traveling to Seattle to take on Jacob Eason and his Washington Husky team. The Utes have snuck back into the top ten and are favored by three and a hook on the road. I am going to go with Utah to win and cover. Benjamin, what's your pick? I got uh, Utah winning but not covering. Utah quarterback is hobbled. Uh, Running back is one of the best in the league. Uh, Defense is ranked top three. Washington's at home, though, and they're coming off a loss. So I got – and Jacob Easton, I I can't really – I'm still kind of mad that he's not at UGA, but I got them winning and not covering. (laughs) Winning and not covering. Okay, winning and not covering. All right. All right, Tyler? Oh, man, okay, so – you're totally right, Ben, about Utah's defense. I mean, that's – you know, and I, I keep saying it every week when we we had them on our picks here. This – I'll remind you guys. I'm not going to try to run and hide from this. I had Utah in the preseason as a playoff team, and they still got a shot. For that USC loss, I thought it was all done for them. But they've got a legitimate shot here. We'll see. But this yeah, – I said before the year, there was three – there were three landmines in the regular season on their schedule. It was at BYU. They got by that one. It was at USC. They lost that one. Uh, and then at Washington was the third landmine. This Washington team is five and three. They're they're goodish. They're fine. I've actually watched them play a couple of times. I watched them lose to Stanford uh, with with Davis Mills, a backup quarterback at, at quarterback for Stanford. And I, I don't. I was just saying, I'm like, what am I watching? This is weird. Like they should not be losing to Stanford. Stanford's not very good. That's before they got KJ Costello back. And so I, I'm not really a big believer in Washington, but they have they are good defensively, but they're not as good defensively as Utah is. Utah guys. Since that USC loss in the last four games since that point, they've given up an average of only 187 yards a game and only 5.75 points a game over that stretch. They have become a dominant defense, and that's all against Pac-12 opponents. And they're getting healthier. Tyler Huntley at quarterback, Ben is right, has been a little banged up. He's been banged up like his entire career. But he's going to play in this one. Zach Moss is one of the better running backs in the country that not many people talk about. He got a little banged up earlier in the year, but he is back, healthy, ready to go. Washington is coming off the bye week, which does give me a little pause here. You guys know I'm big on the bye week. I think this is ultimately going to be a defensive struggle. Two good defenses and two like good enough offenses. But I do think Utah has enough playmakers. They have the veteran players there. Jacob Eason for Washington. He played really well against Oregon a couple weeks ago, like better than I expected him to. But he's been he has not been like consistently great. He's been up and down against Stanford again. Like I was just underwhelmed by him. I saw a lot of stuff I saw from him as a freshman here at Georgia. I love the guy. I wish him the absolute best. But uh, he's not the most mobile quarterback, and Utah can get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Bradley and Nay is one of the better pass rushers that no one talked about. Basically, just no one talked about the players at Utah. So I'm going to go with Utah to win, and I'm also going to take them to cover. That hook is interesting, but I'm going to take them to cover as well. Okay, and finally, and not only the biggest game in our collective hearts, but objectively the biggest game of the entire college football weekend, our Georgia Bulldogs are squaring off with the Florida Gators and the annual tilt in Jacksonville. The line has jumped around over the past couple of weeks, but right now it has settled in with Georgia as a six-point favorite. The stakes are big this weekend as a win gives us the outright lead in the SEC East and a loss effectively eliminates us from contention. And every year this game gives me a mini heart attack. I'm, I've been it nervous. I've been nervous for a week and a half. Yeah. I. I it, the stakes are too high in this one. I, I'm freaking out about it. More than that. 
I'm, I'm very nervous. I don't know that I'll be able. I'm going to the game. I don't know that I'll be able to watch much. I'm of not it sure I can I'm even there. enjoy myself in Jacksonville this weekend. I'm just, yeah. I'm so, I'm, my, my stomach is tied in knots right maybe, now. Maybe if we win, we can enjoy ourselves afterwards. So maybe. I, I can't pick against Georgia. I'm going to go with Georgia to win and cover, and hopefully that happens. Benjamin, what's your pick? At a girl. <laughs> I got Georgia winning and covering. Um, like you guys, I'm, I've been nervous as I don't know what. Since about since the South Carolina game, I was really confident before the game, but now I'm nervous. Um, as Florida has a really good defense, and uh, they're getting their players back from injury just like we are. Uh, Tony and Zuniga, we're getting back. Kajer uh, Walker and Campbell, but it's going to be a really good game. It's going to be a close game, but uh, like you said, Charlie, I can't pick against Georgia, so I'm going with Georgia to win and cover. All right, I guess we're not very objective. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, you can call me a homer. That's okay. But when it's that, when the, when the game is like the margin is razor thin like this, it's you got to yeah. go with your team, right? Come know. on, come on, come on. I don't know. Benjamin and I are together on this one. Tyler, what's your pick? Gators. Yeah. No, 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 never, nah. never, never, he never. Just jinxed us. Now huh. we're gonna lose. No, never, never. Uh, this is it is this is a tough one. Like objectively, it's a tough one. I still maintain that we're the better team with the better roster. But I, I do think if someone wanted to say that Florida's been playing better over the past couple of weeks, I think that's reasonable to say. But as I've laid out a couple of different times this week, despite what the national perception of these two teams like might be right now, if you actually look at the season as a whole and don't look at it just that one South Carolina game, you look at it as a whole outside of sacks and passing yards, and that's largest because we don't throw it as much as they do. We are ahead of Florida in essentially every single statistical category there is, really every single one of them. I, and I told you guys in the preview show earlier in the week, I think – that the biggest key in this game is going to be is us being able to pressure Kyle Trask. I'll repeat the numbers from yesterday's show. And with clean pockets, according to Pro Football Focus, Kyle Trask's grade is 86.3. When he's under pressure, his grade drops down to 29.3. And sure, most quarterbacks drop when they're under pressure, but not that significantly. I mean, that's a dramatic drop. And his uh, grade is 47.6 on um, dropbacks where he is bliss. So again, those are pro football focused numbers. I don't always buy into what they do because I don't know exactly how they come to those conclusions and how they, they come up with their numbers. But that matches exactly what I saw in my own two eyes as I broke down every Power 5 game that Florida's played this season getting ready for this week. And so I, I'm going to throw that those numbers out there. He's Look, Trash is a good, solid quarterback. and He's undoubtedly a more effective, maybe not a more talented, but I think he's more effective, more efficient passer than Felipe Franks was. But the fact is, man, that guy is still a very inexperienced quarterback, and he just does not handle pressure well. It speeds him up. His fundamentals kind of fly out the window. He starts to overshoot guys. He freaks out, doesn't always take his check down. Kind of, It seems like he forgets where he is sometimes. And while we may not have the most dominant pass rush in the country, we still have very capable guys if we just turn them loose. We don't always turn them loose, but I think we'll see more of that this week. And Florida's offensive line, they're going to help us out here. They're only 72nd nationally in sack rate, and they have some major liabilities at spots on that offensive line, particularly at left tackle with John Forsythe. He's a guy that I think we can really take advantage of in our pass rush situations. Now, dialing up pressure, you have to say it does come with its risk. Because that means somebody's going to be left one-on-one if we're playing man behind it. And, and let's be honest, they do. They have an array of receiving weapons that are capable of making us pay. But we're not going to be in man behind our pressure all the time. We're going to mix up coverages, maybe even throw some fire zones in there to try to affect what I think is a very inexperienced quarterback. But even when we are in man coverage and are locked on their wide receivers one-on-one, I feel pretty good about that. We're not going to win every situation, but I feel pretty good about it overall. I have a lot of confidence in Eric Stokes, and if Tyson Campbell is healthy, 
I think that is a big shot in the arm. He was playing really, really well before he went down with the injury. There's probably going to be some rust there, but I still like him over DJ Daniel at this point. My big concern in our pass defense remains at the star position, and unfortunately, this is a matchup that does concern me. Florida has been hitting a lot of big plays from the slot with Frey Swain and Kyle Pitts of late. Devon Wilson and Mark Webb, I think both guys are capable but they're going to have to come to play and start playing with better eye discipline than they have at times this season, especially Mark Webb. It looks like Wilson has become uh, more of the number one guy at that position at this point. Webb didn't play a ton against Kentucky. Neither did Wilson, for that matter, but uh, Webb was, wasn't out there with the number one defense much at all. So that's the one big part of this matchup with the Florida offense that does scare me to a degree. But another matchup I think will actually help us in defending this Florida offense is our ability to play the run. Florida is struggling to run the football without Felipe Franks and the threat of a dual-threat quarterback. And if we can have some success on early downs, because McMullen, guys, he will continue to run it. Even if they're not having a ton of success, this is what he does. Even though they're not running the football well at all right now, they're still running the ball 30-plus times a game. They do that to keep the defense honest and open up things for their passing game. So if we can have success on early downs when they do try to run it, we can get them into third and long and get our dime package on the field where we can get very creative, very exotic, dial up pressure in a number of different ways, get more of our speed, our athletes on the field. And I, I do expect Mullen to get creative in the run game with Emory Jones and even Kadarius Toney as a Wildcat quarterback now that he's back. They know, like Mullen's not dumb. Well, He's a, let's just say he's a good offensive mind. They He knows that they will have to be able to have some level of success running the football if they want to win this game. But the problem for them is they don't have the horses to do it traditionally against our defense. They don't right now, so you're going to have to get creative. But at the end of the day, I really think our guys are ready to come out and play. I think we're going to punch them in the mouth. I really, really believe that. I like the spot for our guys. After two weeks of doom and gloom about our program, they are ready to shut some people down. Up. I like that mental edge. I really do. And I want everybody to pick against us. I really, on Saturday morning, every uh, prediction show, I want every single person out there to pick against us. I want that. I like that mental edge. And then we can back that up with a better roster. And still, despite that South Carolina game a few weeks ago, we all, we don't want to relive that. We know what happened, whatever. But I still think we have the better, more experienced quarterback who has a track record of success against Todd Grantham defenses. Now, you could say maybe Grantham's going to adjust this year. Maybe. After what Fromm has been able to do to him the past couple of times he's played him. But like we said in the recap show yesterday, at some level, I think that Todd Grantham is who Todd Grantham is. And he's not going to change his stripes. He's just going to try to come after Fromm and maybe make a few adjustments to what he's done the past couple of years. But I don't really expect him. Just like I don't expect our offense to come out and be a completely revamped offense. I don't expect Todd Grantham to come out with a completely revamped defense. I think he's going to do largely what he does. Just like I think offensively we're going to do largely what we do. But maybe just some minor twist here coming out of the bye week. We are going to have to hit some plays in the passing game against what is a good Florida secondary. And, and they're going to make it tough. They have some good players in that secondary, especially at cornerback. But with Lawrence Cager back, and that's a big shot in the arm force if he's even close to healthy, with Jake Fromm and his experience, I think that we can make enough plays. They're going to win plenty of those battles, guys. Florida's going to win some of those battles out wide. But if we can just make enough plays in the passing game, I think we can do enough to win a close one against the Gators. I imagine it's going to be tight. And in tight games like that, turnovers and special teams can often make the difference. So if we turn the ball over like we did against South Carolina a couple weeks back, we're going to lose the game. But if we can win the turnover battle, at least break even there, uh, get make some special teams plays, don't give up big special teams plays, if we can find a way to pressure Kyle Trask and hold up in the back end, and just enough plays in the passing game, I like our chances. So give me the dogs to win and cover the spread late. But uh, 
That's it. That's it, Charlie, right? That's, That's it. All right, guys. We really appreciate you taking time to join us today. And Ben, we really appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. You did a great job, buddy. Uh, appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you guys having me. Absolutely, man. So uh, thanks for listening, guys. It's, it, like, as Ben said, as I was saying, like we're, we're all, I'm sure you guys are with us. We're all nervous here. Our, our stomachs are not. Maybe you guys are braver souls than us. I don't know. Uh, but I'll feel a lot better if we can, God, if we can just get this win. Please, Jesus. Uh, I do not want to go to work on next week at all if we lose. Just, I can't I can't handle it, man. Can't handle it. But maybe the football guys will be watching over us for once. Who knows? So uh, that's it, guys. Appreciate it. For Charlie, for Ben, I'm Tyler. And as always, go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs.